What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Kingston here with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Bulls looking for some relief, at least on S&P NASDAQ, and they'll get an assist today from a high-profile Apple upgrade, an upbeat guide from Taiwan Semi. Yields do bounce, though, as jobless claims hit a 16-month low. Our roadmap begins with three straight down days for the Dow. Apple, though, is trying to lift the group as B of A upgrades the stock, calls for more than 20% upside ahead. We'll talk about that. Plus, shares of Uman are getting crushed uh, in the pre-market. This is after the company did slash its earnings outlook. It had higher-than-expected medical costs. It's also dragging down some of the other uh, insurers as well. And layoffs at Google. CEO Sundar Pichai is saying, uh, yeah, we're going to need some job cuts in 2024 to reach the company's, quote, ambitious goals. Carl. Let's begin with the markets, as we said, trying to bounce after a couple of down days on S&P, three days down on the Dow. Jim, we mentioned the Apple downgrades so much to start the year. How much attention should we give to B of A? I think we've been big. This just happens to be the level that it had to hold. The technicians will know that. Uh, the reasons why they say you want to buy it, frankly, what they do is they take that immediate short term off the table, which is very smart. And talk about a series of reasons that I think are really kind of very sound. And this is a talking about AI, and it's talking about the notion of the company, uh, the Vision Pro, really reinventing. And you know what? The negative sentiment is just insane versus what they're talking about. I'll just give some of these points here. Risk around the legal, we just saw that. Don't worry about it. It's manageable. Under, uh, the recent unperformance, they actually like, most people dislike. Stronger multi-year iPhone upgrade. I thought that was interesting because people thought that was not the case. And David, higher growth in services is my theory of why you can stick with this because the customer loyalty is such that when you take their products, it, you take the service, and the service stream is very sticky. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. You're, you're charging your credit card. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I see, you know, now it shows up on my, on my phone. Apple's getting charged, I don't know, numerous times a month for various things. Do you think it's sneaky that a lot of times it's 3.20 a.m.? Because I'll get it. <laughs> I'll be watching uh, my feed, and I'll say, holy like, cow, I just paid Apple. It was 9.99. I guess that was for the Apple Plus. I don't know. Is that for that? And then uh, that was for the uh, my storage. And that, I'm not sure what that one was right. for. But you're, of course. And that's why we've talked about it for years, Jim, that it does, it does get a higher multiple in part because of the recurring nature of those revenues and the fact, that, to your point, that they are very sticky as opposed to coming out with a new phone and you never know how it's going right. to be met in the marketplace. Right. That said, the multiple still gives some investors pause. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I, we sold, we tend, you know, our goal is not to sell any Apple ever, but they moved up a great deal. It's becoming, we were becoming the Apple fund, and I didn't like that. The Apple fund's fine if it's 20 times earnings, not if it's 29 times earnings. So I, I understand exactly what you say. That said, this is a roadmap, this bank of market piece, that really defeats the defeatists who basically say, this cycle is bad. Now, we're, we're, I'm struggling with Vision Pro, by the way, because candidly, I was hoping, and Carl, you, you, you want, we watch a lot of things on Netflix. 
And I was hoping so much to have, yeah, have yeah. this Vision Pro. Uh, Apple's been giving some demos. I got my shot at Vision Pro yesterday. Uh, pretty fascinating. Yes, I mean, we're it definitely is. in a, a new era, and you get a very minority report sense of moving these things around yeah, with your eyes. Um, but yeah, the Netflix thing is a, is a sign that not every uh, developer is going to be on board in the beginning on in Vision Pro. In the beginning, yeah. and maybe that's a wait and see. Did you get to see any sports on it? Uh, yeah, there's some examples of you're above a goalie on uh, yeah. uh, a, a, a soccer field, or you're right. you're uh, on the side of the third line baseline watching sports. Yeah. Yes. Can, I, can I ask a question? Yeah. You you had the first demo of it. Yeah. You you've had a demo of it too. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. This is payback well, for your thanks. your doubts about Apple thanks, TV. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I mean, isn't the best way to to actually convert somebody to get the, give them opportunity instead of I, well, not they, letting them use it? I think they've come or up do with. Do I this? just not exist. Yeah, there's a special one they're developing for you, which all you get to do is watch the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> you, they, they pay you to, to, to subscribe to that app. That um, was mean. Well, Jim, we'll couple the Apple call with, with Taiwan Semi. Double beat, uh, gr gross margins beat. The CapEx guide, maybe $32 billion next year, this year. Yeah, that's very positive, and it's interesting because the nanometer they're doing, talking about is Apple, they're saying handsets are strong. Now, again, that's very... Uh, let's say counter to the prevailing wisdom. It comes. That's why the uh, B of A upgrade comes out at the right time. Uh, Taiwan Semi, of course, we all know is where things are made because everybody, almost no one has foundries. So you're looking at Apple numbers, also AMD. Uh, and what I what I liked about the Taiwan Semi is the tone of it, as you mentioned with CapEx, is that it, it's the PC cycle bottom. Now I watched Enrico Lorius this morning from HP and. I, sometimes I want to say, Enrique, j just say it. Just say, listen, this is it. He, he's more circumspect than that. You mean David, about a bottom? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want him to back up my thesis. Right. Since my thesis is predicated on a lot of what he, I'm hoping he'll say one day. Yeah. He's a bit more cautious. Yes, he than is. Than you'd like him to be. Yes, perhaps, he is. He's a cautious but he, I guess he must feel a, the need to be. But that $32 billion CapEx number from Taiwan Semi and the fact that they obviously do see demand increasing yeah. for the first time in a little while. I know. Given all the inventories that have now been worked through, the stuff that was still left over from the pandemic, for example, right. is not unimportant. Right. It's amazing. And three nanometer. Well, that's, I know. Wow. It's not, you can't I see it's like a you can't know, even, hair. Yeah, it's yeah. microscopic. I know. It's incredible. Well, let's remember, that's good for Micron. But, yeah. you know, it's really great for Lamb research and for KLA and and yes even for AMAT because they're saying listen we need to buy more machinery to make more chips and that's also uh, those stocks have moved up in anticipation that this could happen but it's still uh, a, a breathtaking uh, positively store positive story where people didn't think so these this stock could be KLA could be at 600 today on this mm. so we got a couple nice uh, news points in tech meantime Jim Philly Fed shows Disinflation continues. Prices paid down 13 points. Uh, claims where people are throwing the weather at it. I mean, right. do you file for unemployment in a, in a week like we just had weather-wise? Well, I mean, I was in Kansas City, and you, know, you don't file even go out of your hotel room. I mean, it was minus 9, and that's not the time. Uh, you're worried about exposure versus getting that check. I will say that uh, a skeptic could come in right now, Dave, back me up on this, please, okay. and say we do need a rate hike. A skeptic could come in and say, we need a rate hike. Hike. Okay. All right. No, that, that's... W why? Well, because there's the numbers other than Philly Fed. And Philly, by the way, is a city where all they really have is the Eagles. And I would say that the Philly Fed's probably depressed by the Eagles' performance. 
but there is that's I'm almost somewhat facetious there. But I do think that what you have is a series of great numbers. And yet we all think that there's like whoever's the forward yield curve who's ever buying that because that is a collective sense. That could be a collective sense of people who have lost their minds. <laughs> well, we, uh, a couple of pieces on the tape this morning about uh, disinversion, five tens. Uh, disinverted now. So we're getting there, getting right. close. Right. And, and by the way, I, look, if you look at, um, there's an acquisition today that we're going to talk about of MDC Homes yeah. by a Japanese company. I mean, I think that there's a sense that we're going to have dramatically lower mortgage rates. I don't think that's going to happen either. It may not. But the, meanwhile, there's still, there's another story, though, about $8.8 trillion in money markets that I as know. rates move lower, people right. are going to be more motivated to potentially consider the stock market as a way to get well, elevated Stanley returns. better have that happen. Um, 8.8 trillion. I mean, well, that said, I don't think they're really, it doesn't feel like who's, you really going to, it's not going to go like that. But when you're making 5% And to your point, if rates, nothing, right, and if rates don't really move, then yeah, if they're, it. If they're giving money away, I mean, I was quoted at 3.8% for New Jersey municipals. If they're going to give that money away, I have to think, you know, maybe... Uh, sure, you can pick NVIDIA, but you may pick Umania. Mm. And if you pick Umania, you're not going to get the return of NVIDIA. That's where we're headed now. Oh, yeah, Humana's oh, uh, among the laggards of uh, this morning. Segue, you mean? It was very good. Tumbling as uh, Humana does lower full-year guidance. The health insurer citing some higher-than-expected uh, medical loss ratios. Uh, Discover's in there as well, Jim. I know you talked about this on, on X last night yeah, on some terrible. of these provisions. Well, I mean, you know, I, I look at... Discovery, and I, like if this were if this were 2008, you'd think that they're like dis- Discovery is like look out. I mean the the, lo- the David the losses here, the, the charge offs are, are uh, net charge offs. Yeah, and that, that four, they came point one one percent. That's that was insane. That's two, terrible. That's, yeah, it's 198 basis points. Well, that's they, almost two percent higher. So who are they? Who are they letting have year. a credit card? I mean, I remember when I had eight credit cards when I got out of law school, and you know, Banco Popular was the straw, straw that broke the uh, camel's back. I, I said I got to start paying some of these. Credit card net charge off rate was four point six eight. Well, that's incredibly no, they're, poor they're, standard. And, and again, this is why the stock is down up 231 basis points from the prior. Year. Well, that's just and just ridiculous. and 65 basis points over the quarter increase in delinquency. I, I, I thought it was astounding. If you're someone like Jamie Bitcoin Diamond, I think what you would say is, "Wow, those guys are really uh, a bunch of." of I, I, I don't think he's going to call them clowns because he's a little more diplomatic. It's a bunch of. Bleep. Meanwhile, the the uh, the carnage at um, Umana and from a stock perspective is far worse. I believe it's been down as much as 11 percent in the pre-market. We can take a look. Yeah, there it is, over 13%. No, we, we made a lot of money in you, man, and we kept a little back. And, of course, we shouldn't have kept a little back, but it was really a home run. What happened here is the medical advantage uh, plan, they got it wrong. Um, they, you know, I'm trying to get exactly what my medical advantage, here it is. I, I pay $172 a month for the supplement, and uh, that's a, a, a bargain, given how much you was, have to. It was uh, kind of two different things, although two different one picks, they may right. be happy about. One was they came in below in terms of adding members right uh, for they raised the because they raised Medicare the advantage but they may be happy because they seem to be losing more money on those members so they're going to have fewer new members to lose money on yeah. in the near term well they're going to make that up in volume because of the <laughs> because of the medical cost they're rate. revealed okay so David uh, come on let's go, let's go there let's go there I'm going to go there wait where no, are you going I want to go there where are you going okay where? this is just so jeopardy like uh, um, uh, I uh, you know you know who else was good in never mind um, okay, you, you man. Yes. The moment you knew 
that there was a discussion between Humana and Cigna. Yes. That was the Hail Mary pass, not unlike what Dan Schulman did at PayPal with Pinterest. It was a desperate act of a company that was truly in trouble. Cigna announced a buyback after that these talks. Well, after its shareholders silent. revolted and said, don't you dare yeah. do that. Yeah. David Cordani, I think, still Wasn't may have wanted to, but shooter. backed off, right. uh, did back off, and Cigna did institute, as you say, the buyback, as opposed buyback. to doing a deal that, again, as I'd reported, a number of large shareholders were saying, please, no. Uh, they couldn't understand it, it particularly the multiple disparity yeah. between but the two. But that showed you that Humana was, was in trouble. Far you should have realized. And you think but, so? Oh, um, well, we yeah. also had UNH on Friday, if you recall. Yeah, but yep. you know, in the stock got hit. But UNH is that did better uh, than Humana. Now, it is tough to figure out. And when you try to figure out the the different uh, managed care costs, you all, all you're trying to do is figure out whether you can save a little bit of money. And you know, we stuck with Humana because they have a good program. But it, it's quite obvious that they lost control of the situation. And that's how a stock could be down this much. And um, when they did the, try to do the Cigna, I think that was a recognition of, like, let's do something. We, they, we're going to miss the number. That's a good, by the way, that's a good tell for people. When you start doing something that seems insanely stupid, yeah, that may be to cover up something that is actually substantively I, bad. I don't know enough about the background of those talks to be able to confirm that that was, in fact, the case, Jim. Uh, that said, we should tell people the news. I mean, it was November and December where they really saw higher than anticipated inpatient utilization. Yeah. And that just cost them more money than they had anticipated. Also, outpatient surgeries as well, apparently. Yeah, yeah, so a lot I, of people went to the doctor in November and December. You know, initially we heard that it was pickleball. Uh, the Achilles heel thing. Yeah. yeah. And what I come back and say, it was really bad underwriting, not unlike the bad underwriting at, at, at DFS, Discovery. I mean, you, these are people who mispriced their product. And we're going to have to get used to the idea that some people just post-COVID didn't really figure out what to do. Uh, Umana is not a disgrace. It's just they got it wrong. Uh, we've also got this piece in the journal about uh, Lily and Novo boosting prices of Manjaro, Ozempic, and literally hundreds of other drugs. Well, Lily, it's an election year. they got to be careful. But Lily can't make nearly enough. They have to get these two plants in North Carolina. These are like foundries. They're very hard to build. Uh, a lot of people out in San Francisco at the, at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference said they've got a Me Too or something better. Uh, but just so you know, uh, Lilly has all bases covered. The fact that the stock is down maybe because of political risk, but I don't, I don't really get it. Make something people want. Aren't you allowed to raise the price for it? Isn't that just a? It's America. It's called capitalism. It's America. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In China, they would string up David Ricks. I think it's good that he's able to stay as CEO. It. it by by the way, I think that uh, the Colts did well this year. Who? The Colts. Oh, yes. The Colts. Yes. Okay. Shane. Thank you for bringing Shane. it back to football. I always Ugh. do. I was going to give, say that you were like Joe Buck. That's what I was going to do, but I decided to pivot. At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit. New World Ideas, Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, 
which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. All right, we got a special guest joining us right now, and that's Nelson Peltz, founding partner at Triumph Partners, with a bit of news. So, Nelson, good to see you. Hey, Jim. How you doing? All right, let's go right to work. Apparently, you're not happy with the direction of Disney and Bob Iger, so you really are going for it. I wanted to get a sense of what you uh, think is fortunate and unfortunate about the current situation at Disney and the board. First, let me tell you, I want to say good morning to David and to Carl, and thank you for having us here today. You know, today is an important day. We filed our preliminary proxy statement and we opening our website, which is Restore the Magic. And we did all that, Jim, because we love Disney. You know, we love Disney and it saddens me that the board didn't welcome me because our goal is just to work with them, to help them, and to help them make the company better, which frankly, we have a a history of doing. You know, what was interesting, Jim, is Last week, we went, seven of us from Tri-Am, went to Disney World in Orlando. And it was fascinating because we went not the way board, directors, family, friends go. We didn't have any special passes. We didn't have any tour guides. We didn't have any leg breakers. Leg breakers, pardon me. Didn't have any line breakers. Didn't have any leg breakers either. And everybody... Everybody was nice. I mean, Magic Kingdom and the Hollywood studios were terrific. The people were wonderful. All the employees were smiling, and that's probably in, a, in large part because they didn't own any Disney stock. <laughs> oh, uh, so, uh, th- that's the problem here, Jim. Th- th- this co- company is just not being run properly. The board oversight is is awful. Uh, it really is. Uh, the park, certain, as I said, certain rides were great, but you can see it's getting a bit long in the tooth. They need more capital invested. They need more capital invested now because the competition is getting keener. You've got Comcast opening 500 acres right down the road in two years with a brand new park. They're also opening parks in Chicago, opening uh, a park in Texas, uh, pardon me, not Chicago, Las Vegas. And and these are, this is where all the value today in the stock price resides. But, but Nelson, uh, I understand from the background to the solicitation, you had as many as 20 meaningful interactions with the board. Why is that not enough? Come on, Jim, you, you know as well as I. When you're on the board, you have a vote. People need to listen to you. Management near, need to hear your position. They, they offered me to come on board last year as uh, a visitor, a guest visitor on, on, on occasion. That's not going to do it. We, we've been around this stuff forever. I think we've been on more boards than any company in the world. And we've gotten unbelievable results. 
And we did it at the end of the day without breaking any glass. I mean, think about it. Even the proxy fights, the CEOs stayed on. They worked with us. Some became advisory partners to us. This is after a proxy fight. Yeah. David Taylor said the most wonderful things about us. Look what the stock did. I mean, that stock for 10 years stayed around in the 70s. We got on the board. It went from the 70s to 160. Come on. It didn't yeah. happen by Hey, Nelson, it's David. I mean, listen, I feel like we're, it's deja vu because we had this conversation with you a little over a year ago when you were trying to get on the board and then you decided not to. And, it, and they're saying the same thing they said then, too, which is they question the relevant experience that you have in terms of the entertainment media business and why you would add anything. They, of course, say that they're, they have an incredibly well-stocked board of of, of people who are uh, fully uh, capable of holding the management team accountable. And again, I, you know, I, what's the plan? Like, other than saying they got to do better, what's the plan? David, you asked it just like I wanted you to. I mean, as written, first of all, this board, from Bob to every in- independent director, has underperformed the S&P on every measure, one year, three years, five years, 10 years. How much more do we have to go? How long do we have to continue to suffer with this great board? By the way, they said I have no media experience. I don't claim to have any. But I would tell you, I don't think they have much media experience. They broke a record this year. You know that the last five movies in a row will lose us. Now, if that comes with media experience, I want a guy who doesn't have a media experience. So, so David, let's deal with facts. The company has underperformed. I made a run at them last year. They promised they were going to improve things. I took them at their word. Things got worse. The stock went down. Results got worse. Okay, so no more. I can't continue to give them more opportunities. Understood. Although, to be fair, don't you need to be fair to compare it to the overall entertainment group? I mean, this is a unique period in time in which, as you well know, there are headwinds and and changes that are uh, generational in terms of trying to deal with the move to direct to consumer and make it profitable. So, you know, comparing to the S&P may be a bit unfair, don't you think? Uh, Oh, oh, really? I mean, that's what shareholders in buy stock compare it to, David. But that's a good point. I mean, look at Netflix. Netflix last last reporting period did 30 billion in sales, 20% margin. Okay, then you have Warner's. They did 30 billion in sales and media with a 20% margin. Disney, the big daddy, did 50 billion in sales, a 6% margin. Now that's the competition. Those are the guys who are all suffering through a change from features to to uh, streaming. Some have been able to cope with it beautifully. Plus, this company, Bob said it in 2015 and 16, that streaming was a, was a real issue. It was coming. It was here to, it was going to continue to grow. He said that back then. And, and then what happened? They did nothing. And look what happened to ESPN, the crown jewel in, the, in, in of Disney, 
continue to lose subscribers, lose value, and now they're negotiating deals for ESPN out of total weakness. They could have made deals on on ESPN in 15, 16, 17, 18, when they saw this streaming thing coming. They said it directly and okay, did so nothing did, about it. They did it. miss that, but we do get a, a kind of a a flavor of what Disney feels about the person you'd like to have on the board beside you, Mr. Rizzullo. It does sound like he was a stalking horse for the largest shareholder, Mr. Perlmutter. I don't find that wrong, but it does make they do make it sound like that that's something wrong there. And that uh, that Bob Iger broke uh, Mr. Perlmutter's heart when uh, Mr. Rizzullo was basically fired uh, passed over, I should say. Does Mr. Rizzullo, is he better than, say, does he know more than, say, James Gorman uh, about the uh, entertainment business? Uh, uh, Disney? Yeah. For sure. I know James. I don't know how many times James has been to the park. I, I, I don't know what experience James has with Disney. And, oh, by the way, James, who I like very much, was given a board seat. He didn't have to have a plan for the company. He did not. Do you, do you have a white paper that I can see? Do you have a white paper that I can see? Hold it, hold it. He didn't have to set a goal for the company. He got invited on the board. Okay? Yeah, he did. And, and I've got to go through these bells and whistles. Hey, guys, I'm the largest shareholder in this company, well, the largest but, independent chip. Listen I to me. I want to come I'm back to that for a second, Nelson. shareholder in this company. You, but, but are you? I mean, Ike Perlmutter is. I still don't oh, fully really? understand. Really? Let, let, let me you, ask wait, you let me ask the question. I want because I, I am curious about this from a fun go, go. perspective, right? You you know, twenty five plus million of the shares that you are voting, so to speak, are Ike's, and then Tryan owns. My understanding is seven plus million. Uh, what's the relationship with Perlmutter? Is he paying you? Are you getting fees somehow? Like, you're doing an awful lot here that really wouldn't seem to actually add the economic value for Tri-And holders, given your relatively small ownership of Disney when you take out Perlmutter stock. David, I am thrilled you asked that question, okay? <laughs> thrilled, okay? Because every fund around has investors, whether it's a pension fund, doesn't make a difference whether whether it's a sovereign fund and whether it's a bunch of individuals. What the hell is the difference? It's money. These guys want to make money. That's why they give money to funds. We we just saved one step. Ike Perlmutter gave us some shares. He said, hey guys, you figure it out. I don't want to come back to the company. I don't want to be an officer. I don't want my job back. Okay. I just want to make money on my stock because, oh, by the way, when I'm gone, it's all right. going to hurt. Right, but that's not try-and fund money that went into buying his stock. You didn't buy it from him. He just, he's lumped it in with your ownership stake. David, what's the difference if a guy gives me a check or he gives me shares? I have the full right to vote it, to do whatever I want with it. What's the difference than, than if CalPERS gives me a hundred million bucks, or they give me shares in a company. There's no difference. It's Except all under my control. Understood, but but your share, your fund holders are only going to benefit from the increase in value on the shares that Tryan holds. They're not going to benefit from the increase in value that Perlmutter uh, gets you, from your you, efforts. Are you asking or are you telling? 
No, okay. I'm just, I'm asking. Okay, I'm asking. Let, let, let me tell you something. The investors in what we call our SPVs, they, they, they wind up making money on how well we do. Now, if they're 10% of an SPV, they get 10% of the ups. Okay. If they're 50, they get 50. There is no difference. Okay, you want to talk about this all day long? That's no, fine. No, no, no. Well, we can move on. I just <laughs> I was that talk? I was interested in, the, in getting an answer on that. But I do want to know, uh, Nelson. The last time you were on, uh, it's very clear that you had a successful trade. Can you tell me how did try and do when it uh, saber rattled, and then when the stock ran up to 117, did you sell all your stock? Sold half. Half. And you know what I did, Jim? I want to tell you, Jim. And I'm okay. glad again you asked that question. The stock was 118 when I made the decision and the announcement that we were going to give Bob a chance. 118. Now, I could have sold all my stock at 118. I could have sold half my stock at 118. But you know what I did? I saw, I waited till the market settled instead of taking advantage. And by the way, there was no law against it if I sold my Not stock at all. before Let's I made that clear. Let me Let me just finish. I waited till it settled and I sold it at 113. And anybody could have sold it then. I sold half at 113 and kept half. Absolutely. I, 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 I sold it all at 113. But I want people to understand that is that's absolutely fair. But I do want to come back to what is obviously a degree of antipathy between. Uh, I'd like I, maybe I'm reading this wrong between you and Mr. Iger. If there were substantive talks, then I would have to believe maybe they brought some of the things that you said. Maybe you have the uh, white paper to the board itself. The board does have some very serious people on it. Were they not given or apprised of some of the ideas that you have? Jim. They have a lot of substantive people on the board. But let me give you this fact. The entire board, the entire board, including Bob, own less than $15 million worth of stock each. That's not a hell of a lot of commitment to this company, given the fees, et cetera, that they get from being a director or an officer of this company. And when you want to talk about Bob, Bob has taken a billion dollars out of this company since he's been there. A billion dollars. Okay. But do you think he's and overpaid? Th- Most th- recently, no, he does no, I got I got I got to finish this statement. Last year, he got paid thirty-one and a half million dollars. Okay, earnings were down. They missed everything. The stock was down. They they this, everything went bad. And he got $31.5 million. You know, I, I don't understand what this board is doing. I don't know what they're there for other than friends of Bob. You know, that's what this is all about. It's just friends of Bob. It's a hand-picked group of directors who are not doing their job. I lost you guys. Well, I think this one went out. Uh, the, 
the uh, board didn't get hurt as badly as I thought if they had that that little money in the stock, Nelson. They, I thought they were going to be clobbered. They obviously haven't been hurt that bad. Yeah, you're 100% right, Jim. They didn't lose money like the, the great on watch. The funds, Mr. Burlmutter, everybody, oh, everybody's pension fund. Those are the guys who took the gas, not the board, Good. not the inside directors. I mean, you know, this guy has been paid so much money, and I want to work with Bob. I want you to know my goal is not to do anything but work with Bob and Jim, you and David and Carl all know that we've worked with people at PNG. Look at the phenomenal success. They spent okay. 100 million bucks to keep me off that board. The stock was in the 70s. I got off three and a half years later. The stock was about 160. But everything was up, margins, sales, market shares, all of that stuff. Okay, that's what we do. And then David Taylor, who we fought before I got on the board, said the nicest things about me when I got off. They gave me a beautiful prize. Okay, a memorabilia. Uh, I know. And, and, and we, guys, we, we're, we're yeah, not you, there to embarrass yeah. anybody. We're not there to hurt anybody. We want to help the shareholders. And let me tell you, these shareholders have suffered. You can tell me, well, maybe they shouldn't be compared to one in three years because streaming. And how about one, three, five, ten? Every single period of time, they have underperformed the S&P. David, do you want to go back 10 years? No, I, I hear you. Listen, and that's a compelling argument you're making. Now, that said, Bob Iger has made it very clear that he's there. To, he's, you know, cutting costs significantly. He started a year ago, and he's only increased that, Nelson. He's right. admitted that they that they kept their, they took their eye off the ball a little bit when it comes to motion pictures and some animation. It seems as though they're taking corrective action there, and they do have, they say, a plan to get streaming to a positive cash flow uh, uh, place soon, relatively soon. Not to mention, obviously, considering strategic options for ESPN. I mean. They seem to be doing many of the things that a year ago you wanted them to do, and yet you continue to persist in wanting to be on this board. But they're not, David. The promises Bob made when he came on the board in, in, last year, at the end of 22, have not been kept. If they were kept, I wouldn't have resumed my proxy fight. I stopped the proxy fight because of the promises he made. Okay, I trusted him and hoped that he was going to do it. And I said, I'm stepping down. Not because I was worried about having a proxy fight. You know, that keeps a guy like me young. But, 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 all right, well, Nelson, I'm sorry to be, I don't mean to be uh, rude, but I know we have to move on. I do, of course, welcome Bob Iger to call in. Uh, Mr. Rizzullo, I'd like to hear from him. Mr. Perlmutter, of course. Uh, but I do point out that uh, that Mr. Iger seems uh, extremely opposed to you. But the, let the, if we had a vote here, I think given the total share return, you certainly have a shot. Let's leave it at that and see what the opposition says. I want to thank you, Nelson, for sharing uh, for the pictures, of course, at, at Disney World. Obviously, you had a good time. Uh, and for coming on uh, Squawk on the Streets. Good to see you. Thanks, Jim, David, Carl. Appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. All right. You thank too. you, Nelson. Thank you. Thank you.
it does kind of remind you of what Barclays said yesterday, Jim. Uh, we suspect there's significant management attention being diverted uh, toward the proxy battle uh, uh, instead of operations at a time when the company faces critical strategic decisions. Yeah, I mean, you know, yesterday the stock got hit with a, a typical uh, Wall Street view that they're not going to be able to pull it off. And it did sound like something that... Uh, that Nelson is uh, not too fond of. I mean, the underperformance here is stark. Let's not mince anywhere. I mean, Mr. Iger can come on and say that that uh, Nelson Peltz is of no value. I come back and say they. That it is unclear. When your record is as bad as Disney is, then you would want change. If this were, let's say, and I know David thinks I, I'm beleaguered by saying it, but if this were the NFL, do you think any of those board members would still be here? I mean, I would, I would fire the assistant linebacker coach before well, I let I this mean, continue. Part of it does go back. Let's not forget there was a different CEO for a number of years, and Who, you know. You, you just want the Massimo board, and you want Bob to, Chapin. and you want to, uh, you may want to criticize the board for the lack of success in succession. Right. But what is amazing is that's a very heavyweight board. It's not a board of honorarium people. No, it's got a lot of, a lot of very serious people. A lot of heavyweights. So lot. it is a little. Quite I mean, it's quizzical. How about that? We say let's leave it. That is quizzical the performance. But then I can understand people being very angry unless they didn't own stock. Now, full disclosure, my uh, travel trust has taken a big bath in this. So I'm not, uh, I don't like to lose money. It feels awful. And this is not like doing daily fantasy where I lost $35. Some real money that I wanted to give to charity. And I think other people feel similar if they own the stock. You feel aggrieved. It's real money. It's not play money. Uh, one thing we didn't get to at Nelson was whether or not the company is culturally or politically tone deaf in ways that cost cutting or succession even maybe are less relevant. Uh, I think I'd like to hear on that side, but Mr. Promoter, who I know is part of the, the group, but he, he has some exceptional views. I'd love to hear what he has to say about yeah. it. He's a business person yeah. uh, and a, a tough-nosed business person. And it does seem like that maybe that's what's been, been lacked. It does seem that you kind of... They lost control of costs. Uh, they also had a CFO, uh, Christine McCarthy, who may not have been at the top of her game near the end of her career. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Sheryl Sandberg uh, leaving the meta board for the first, uh, after 12 years. Right. Uh, that's going to change the, the color of that board as well. Yeah, and it's interesting because there's the opposite situation. She stayed... And the stock has just been nothing but a horse. I think the new products are going to be amazing, even though they were treated with very little respect at CES. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg's relationship with Jensen Wong and NVIDIA is about as strong as any CEO I've seen. And I think that if you want an AI play, you want Meta. And may I just point out, David, yes. I have to do this, Please. but I'm going to go to Carl. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Cheryl Sandberg's brother-in-law. Bernthal. <laughs> Mikey! <laughs> Maybe the greatest character. And, the, and you know, in two different episodes of The Bear, was just lit it up. He was yeah, great. The Bear did very well. He's um, a great We actor. want to talk a little about luxury this morning because... Are I you going to Birkenstock me? Uh, no, I'm going to Richemont you. Richemont. Oh! Uh, cardiac. Yeah, please do. Um, very strong numbers. 
It's harder and harder to figure out what exactly is going on in China as well. Maybe the highest end consumer seems to be okay. And I have the maybe theory. More broadly speaking, actually, the actually, no. Chinese consumer is not. But also, by the way, on North America, even Europe, but generally better across the board. Uh, revenues uh, for recent uh, month, we can take a look there. I mean, that stock is up over 10%. You see it, good. Uh, although not over the last year. Um, Jewelry sales, 12% beat estimates. Watch sales even up, even though watches okay, don't no, seem no, to be. Okay, no, no, watch sales is key because, you see, David, your remaining way to be able to show wealth in China without being prosecuted by the government is to have a very expensive watch. You uh, can't have a very expensive home. And sales there were up 25% in China. The communists, now, obviously, the off a very, against off a very low basis, as all compares on China year over year, given they were just coming out of COVID. Yes. Uh, but that's a big number. And that oh, stock's, absolutely. that stock's running big. No, and that is a change of narrative versus some of the other, uh, like we just saw Burberry not not having a great number. Some, no. of, some of the European luxury not doing well. But Richemont, you can get a really great watch, and it, they will not come after you, unlike a lot of uh, yep. different signs of wealth. Yep. It's not considered to be... Uh, it, it, I would not say it's extravagant, even though the price clearly is extravagant. Well, we just had Burberry uh, last week with not such a great outlook. No. Uh, you mentioned Burke, uh, Jim, uh, and it's down uh, some 6% or so uh, on concerns about inflation. They say right. the consumer is challenged but resilient. Yeah, I mean, I was a little let down by that, but you know, the stock did have a very, very big move. It was actually down a little bit more in the pre-market. Uh, it looks like the Barbie premium has come out of it. It was very well featured. What? That's, no, that's a Barbie premium. Where is the Barbie premium? Well, she, because she, there's a tie-in with the film. She, with, yes, with, she, the, with the Burke. I watched it. I did well, finally watch it on a plane. stock? Yeah, I did, actually, yeah. Yeah, well, that was, that was, that was considered to be a very big, seminal moment. That was yes. big? No, it was very big. Got it. Yeah, it was. Okay. I believe you. I believe you. Skeptical as always. <laughs> really <laughs> difficult. Holding you to account is what we like to I, say. I'm just wondering. I, I don't know. Look, I had Mattel on. I know that the, Mattel did not benefit nearly as much as I would have thought from that movie, which, by the way, I thought was hysterically funny and watched it twice. Yes. And my, you know, just so you know, in all fairness, yes. if you were to go to my closet, David, you would see the Birkenstock effect after, <laughs> after the movie. Really? Yeah. So you bought them, but you don't ever wear them. I don't wear them, David. No. It, Lisa wears them. Oh, she does? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jim, information technology is going to lead us today up uh, better than 1.5%. We talked about Apple. Didn't mention Google, though. Um, layoffs now in the past, or since January 10th, over 1,000 employees uh, yeah, they, they, and what, YouTube yesterday. And this is, a lot of people feel the MAG-7 is in trouble, but I think the MAG-7 is now separating itself. Uh, I do think that Alphabet has embraced the year of efficiency, but just didn't use that term. But they're being uh, doing what I thought they should have done two years ago and really hectored them to do. They are doing it. Uh, and it's going to bring out a level of profitability. David, the stock sells at 24 times the next year's earnings. Is that expensive? No, uh, of course it's not expensive, particularly given the top-line growth that's at least possible there. You do wonder about their monopoly, so to speak, in search and whether it is under... That's Under true. some pressure as a result of changes in generative AI and what Microsoft is going to be able to accomplish there. That's not an insignificant risk. Uh, that said, um, people have always been waiting for them to really get fit. That's kind of what they use now yeah. as their term in Silicon well, Valley. Get we're getting the moonshot other bets. Instead, we know instead really of saying there. we're firing a lot of people and putting them out of work, we're getting fit. 
Well, you can't be like Zuckerberg did not. He like moved down the glass door rankings when he just said efficiency because they're doing they're not ruthless. Zuckerberg has an element of ruthlessness yeah. that that Alphabet does not and have. They were first. And Meta, obviously, we all know how much the stock benefited from yeah. their focus on cost uh, after spending right. crazily, some well, would say, think, on the metaverse. Well, I have to go to someone who's a little more culturally attuned to you after my bomb of Birkenstock. Okay. Uh, we know that Harry Luck was the first to be killed in Magnificent Seven. Uh, because Robert Vaughn said, please don't kill me first. This is to John Sturgis, an actual conversation. So I'm beginning to think that the Mag 7, is it going to be Harry Luck that's killed first, which could be Tesla, of course, because remember, he was down there to find a hoard of gold, not to help the villagers. He was more like Dobsey in Treasure of Sierra Matra. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's a lot of deep reference. Well, that's just amazing. The book, by the way, is just incredible. Treasure of Sierra Matra. It's Marxist. Speaking of the Magnificent Seven, there there is one name this year that has shown far beyond all others. Here we go. And it's up 16% for the year. Are you talking about the end? Of course I'm talking about NVIDIA. What else would I be talking about? It's up 2.5% again today. Not to mention AMD is up another 4.5%. I don't know if this is on the back of what we heard from TSMC. Yes, absolutely. Um, but that stock has had a, a rocket move. It did mark time from in, July to the end of the year. It did. It did. And the multiple obviously continued to compress down to 25 times earnings. As a result of the fact that they were making way more money than anybody could have anticipated would be the case. But it's making up for it. It's making up for lost time there, Jim. Well, it's the old Brenner of the Magnificent Seven. And I'm beginning to believe that Meta is Steve McQueen. Well, we got upgrades uh, all, all around the chip space. Uh, ADI and NXP getting up to <laughs> Wolf. Uh, you mentioned Tesla, Jim. Peace in the Times about drivers, owners who are dealing with cold weather and understanding what that does to a battery overnight. And that dovetails with Steve Schur from Hertz, by the way, and upgrading Hertz because they got realistic about the rear ending. Yeah, problem. Adam Jonas says uh, that was the right move, goes to overweight Hertz. I thought that was a great call because the cash flows improved since Steve Schur's come on at Hertz, and it's not an expensive stock. Uh, but they are a, a vulnerable seven member. Uh, and I think we have to stay tuned about uh, who else is and isn't. Microsoft, by the way, just two pieces of love today and a lot of $400 price targets. Uh, that, that is, that's going to end up being a, a survivor. Three members, three members. Have been, no, I so wanna, the MAG-3. Yes, the MAG-3, three members. It may end up being the three amigos. The, I mean, Tesla continues to be under some pressure. Obviously, it's down significantly this year as a result of questions about demand and or price cuts. We yes. talked yesterday about the European price cuts for the Model Y. But Rivian and Lucid, guys, they're but Lucid's down 35% and Rivian is down 32% is too early to buy Lucid? this year. This year. Well, the bloom is off the uh, proverbial and the cold weather doesn't help, as Carl pointed out. Yeah, they don't do as well in cold weather as ice. See, ice does better in ice. Yeah. Ice does Char better in ice. Yeah, it's hard to get a charge yeah. in cold. Yeah. Uh, there's Lucid. Wow. We've talked do, about do we have a lot Fisker? Years. We, and, do we have well, Fisker? Rivian is the more, perhaps more significant. I like Rivian. A, still has a $15 billion market cap, does Rivian, but. Backed by Amazon, David. Yeah. Backed uh, by and Amazon. Baird makes the top pick today, Rivian. I think Rivian has real horse sense. Maybe they're maybe they're going to bottom ticket here because that thing has just gotten crushed. This we year. should put Fisker in on that CNBC real time. See what it does to the performance. Why are you mentioning Fisker? 
at all. Why am I mentioning Fisker? Because at one time Fisker was going to be. We had Mr. Fit. We had them on repeatedly. That's why. Oh, geez, they got to do a hundred for one reverse split to get that thing cooking. Uh, yeah, it's eighty-six cents. A uh, couple industrials, Jim Fastenal is leading the S&P on a better than expected quarter. And then Boeing, uh, max issues aside, gets this giant uh, order from uh, a big carrier in India. I thought that that was very meaningful. I do think that uh, yesterday's announcement about where they are being certified was a positive. But remember, in the end, again, I come back to the idea that if you wanted to get a plane from Airbus, get in line. Uh, there's just not in the travel and leisure. We still have the the uh, long on money, short on time thesis going post COVID. People are traveling. They're not giving up. Watch Booking Holdings. Watch Expedia. Watch Marriott. They've all been they've all been big winners. Yeah, uh, Vail Resorts uh, does give an update today. Season to date uh, visits down 16 because the snow has not been great. No. So the EBITDA is going to come into the low end, but maybe they make up for that as the season develops. Also, uh, City goes to sell save, uh, saying. They're yeah. probably unlikely to be other suitors unless they do some major that, uh, that, debt restructuring. That read a little like plug power, and these are companies that are trying, that are struggling to survive. And I kept thinking about something you said to me yesterday, David. What happens if a deal's blocked and therefore Spirit doesn't survive? Yeah. What's accomplished by that? Nothing. Nothing great. I mean, I listen. Our bankruptcy process is a is a a good one in the sense of you can reorganize and come back. That's and true. we know plenty of airlines that have. Not to mention. Any number of other companies. I mean, heck, Charter Communications once went bankrupt. Remember? Yes. So things do, you know. Do you think Amazon's being opportunistic with that particular uh, sports acquisition? Oh, with the diamond talking about yes. bankruptcy? They may be, as they get even deeper into uh, uh, into sports at, at Amazon. Amazon, by the way, it, not um, against the uh, Vision Pro? Will no. you cooperate? Andy Jassy, you sports fans, probably put it on and realize you can watch the Giants lose in multiple colors. There it is. Uh, <laughs> and they're avoiding a liquidation there. I mean, remember the RSNs, by the way, that was part of the Disney deal with Fox. They're thankful they got rid of them immediately in terms of divesting them. And they've done nothing but go down uh, in, in value. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting question in terms of what that future looks like for many of these regional sports networks. Um, guys, I, I wanted to end on pharma just talking about big moves because pharma is under a lot of pressure. Carl, you mentioned the price increases for some of the key drugs that we've talked so much about, the GLP-1s. But overall, Jim, I would note, I mean, you're, you know, this has been a very strong group this year. Yes. Uh, and it is notable for its weakness this morning, uh, big pharma. Well, I think healthcare itself is having a kind of a... Uh, a re-ranking just because of the health insurers, which is just, Humanist I mean, they shouldn't, but there's a sense that healthcare was supposed to be a nice place to hide or be take advantage. Got up to 22% of the S&P and it's high right at the JP Morgan conference. So it's not possible people just saying, well, wait a second, I, maybe there's going to be like a re-thinking uh, of healthcare. Uh, I should, I don't think it should, but I know that it's happening and the GOP ones can't save everybody. Yeah. Uh, UNH and Walgreens are the two biggest downward impacts on the Dow today. One reason why Dow is having trouble escaping that down 115. We'll watch bonds today. Data's largely out of the way after we got starts in Philly Fed and claims. Bostic spoke this morning. We're going to get him twice today, so we'll watch for that. Uh, take a look at the curve here. Tenure um, still pressing above that, uh, or right at the top end of that one-month range at 412. Be right back. 
take a look at chips today. Uh, given everything that's going on, might surprise some to know that the Vanex Semi ETF all-time high this morning after the guidance from Taiwan Semi, upgrades of NXP, positive sessions for Intel, LAM Research, NVIDIA, and a bunch more uh, flying in the face of some weakness on the Dow, down to 108. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. In 1989 and 90, we lived in fear that Japanese would come knocking on the door and buy our companies. Well, it's happening again. Sikisui House just bought MDC Holdings Day, a large home builder, to combine to create a top five home builder in the U.S. This reminds me very much of what happened with Letter X, David. Yes, Nippon Steel. So so the the Japanese are back buying. It's incredibly important. They will become a put underneath our stocks, as they did in 1989, when the Nikkei average was so high. Well, so Nikkei's let's be, pretty high now, too. You bet. Take a look at that Nikkei. It's not, it's not back to 1980. I'm so glad you mentioned it's not that. Not back to 90. Not, not back to there yet, but, um, but it's, uh, it's certainly knocking on the door. And I do think that we have to start thinking that the Japanese are here. They're buying. They're paying, uh, again, way too much. And, Carl, their slogan at this ho- housing company is, make the home the happiest place in the world. And I think that's relevant. <laughs> the Dalai Lama probably even agrees with that. We get, get a hold of that's get him. Get him. Book him yes. for the ten instead right. of uh, Brian uh, uh, Jordan. Got from, it. Uh, we'll get first, on that. We get the Dalai Horizon. Lama, please. Okay. Uh, Jim, what's tonight? We. we no, I'm trying. Dolly Lama? In my ear, I'm trying. He thinks I don't remember. I'm like trying to suppress laughter here. Elanco, I have. It not, doesn't have a great balance sheet, but it's about pets. And uh, I think that Jeff Simmons is doing some pretty exciting things for those who have pets, particularly who have dogs, because they're saving a lot, a lot of dogs' lives. And therefore, I think they have interesting guests. That's good. Good show, Jim. That was good. Yeah, it was a good it's show. Good work. Yeah. Watching the Japanese, it's just like when they came in and wanted to buy Comag. Just like Comag. Yeah. Remember when they bought Rock Center? Oh, I uh, sold some of that in the deal. They didn't own it so, too long. So. No. Sold to you, David. The movie business. What What yeah. didn't they buy? All right. Hey, Columbia. I watched yeah. the Columbia presentation yesterday. Burnfall wasn't in it. It is time to sell. Can we sell this show to them? <laughs> Whatever. They bought everything in the end. You kidding me? Jim, we'll see you at 6. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Dow trying to shave some opening losses. Down 100. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.